Hey, patrons. <laughs> Welcome to your bonus podcast for episode 273. Uh, this is an extended interview with Sonny Singh. The uh, documentarian isn't the right word. He's a videographer and archivist. Um, I hope you checked out the main podcast. It was great. I really, I, I, yeah, I really love this guy. Um, so yeah, I want to do a quick check-in because I, I did a mental health update on uh, the Patreon page. And I just want to check in about that a little bit. Things are like way better. <laughs> you know, I, in it, I, I acknowledge that part of what's been going on is that I've been dating for the first time in a long time. And it really, you know, it was the result of me opening up um, and started like doing some like self um, uh, seeking and examination. And then I started dating and that like opened up this Pandora's box of like, discovery <laughs> that I have some work to do. So I have been doing that work and, um, but it's been overwhelming and I've had some really overwhelming emotions and, uh, it, and that equals not getting enough sleep a lot of the time and, um, being, um, overwhelmed and kind of obsessed with like just sorting stuff out. I'm totally on the upswing. Um, and you know, I, I'm in therapy. I've been going every week. I started getting, addressing my uh, ADHD, which is also like a really makes it difficult for me to prioritize emotions and tasks, and uh, all of that stuff is simmering down, and it's good. I've been sleeping this week and last week, most of the week. There was one sort of weird night, but um, yeah, it's a it's a lot. Like mental health is a thing, and um, I discovered this. I don't know how much I want to go into it, but I discovered there's this aspect of ADHD that some people have, and I'm pretty sure I have it. It's called uh, rejection sensitive dysphoria. And it feels like what I've been dealing with all this time, you know, like uh, my whole like dating life has been uh, uh, 20 years of avoiding it because the it's so overwhelming for me to deal with. Um, but it's getting way better. And I'm like sort of figuring it out and like, okay, so here comes that thought that I have a lot and it's not real. Um, so let's move on. How do we do that? You know, like, uh, so it's good. I feel like I've made a tremendous amount of progress and figured myself out in a lot of ways, but that time, um, it, it made it hard for me to do this type of work that I'm now getting back to. Uh, so if you've noticed an absence and you didn't see that post, um, I, it wasn't absent, but it wasn't, I wasn't as prolific, especially as I want to be. Uh, so I'm feeling like fired up and each day I'm getting a little more like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is great. This is what I want to do. So that's it. Um, a little side note. Um, it's not a side note. I'm working on what is potentially going to be a regular show at Judson Church. And I'm not posting this anywhere because it's still sort of in action and not exactly official. But it's pretty likely that I'm starting in June... Ish, I'm going to be doing a seasonal show at Judson Church, and it'll be like my album release show. If you went to that, you know it was. I brought in some other artists and collaborated with different things, so it was my music. Uh, and we talked about the book and the album, of course, because it was a release show. But um, it was also other people participating, and it was fun. I really loved doing that. So um, I'm going to start doing that seasonally at Judson. So ah, I love it. That place is historic and. It's historic to me as an artist and a person and to um, activism and spirituality in general. Like, it's such an amazing place. I'm really honored to be connected with it and to potentially have like a regular show there. 
So anyway, that's that's what I've got. Um, this, as always, is for your ears only. This is exclusive content. And how did I not mention that there's a new... I'm doing a special offer on my Patreon page. If you're already $10 and up, um, you're on board and you're going to automatically get this new zine that I'll be releasing later this month. Um, but if you're not at $10 level, $5 people will get a digital download of the zine. But if you want a hard copy of it, just increase your pledge to $10 a month. And I'm going to start doing that quarterly as well. So, um, and it, it looks like the quarterly release of the zine is going to correspond with the shows. So that'll be a cool little bit to sort of oh, fold back in. I'm really starting to discover how like all these seemingly disparate parts of what I create can kind of become one thing that is really just diverse. So I feel really excited about it. And as always, this is possible because of you guys. So I really appreciate your belief in my work and your interest in being a part of it. It's just so great. So thank you for being here. And here's the interview with Sunny. Hello, patrons. Welcome to your bonus content for episode 273. Sunny Singh is joining me right now and I'm trying not to cough while I'm talking. <coughs> thanks, for, thanks again for joining me, Sunny. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we didn't talk at all about veganism. And um, that was, was uh, Patricon brought us together. But it was this really cool moment when um, they were doing this kind of corny, um, like icebreaker thing the first night of Patreon, Patricon. <clears throat> and, um, and they were having us separate by um, what was areas of the country that we lived. And you and I wound up standing next to each other. And I can't remember what the, we were talking about who lived where. And then suddenly I think Syracuse came up and I brought up strong hearts. We both know Joe Capalongo who, uh, who it has a vegan anyway. So then suddenly we were vegan people that lived in the same area of the country and, and it was magic. It was really great. Yeah. So <laughs> on the topic of veganism, what's your story about veganism? What, what yeah. made you go vegan? So I grew up eating meat. Um, and it's funny. And it's funny. I, how I discovered veganism and vegetarianism was through hardcore. So again, a lot of bands were um, in the, in the early to mid nineties uh, were beginning to become aware about veganism and animal rights. So, um, so just to back up, I, I got into hardcore punk in the early two thousands. So I, I missed the boat with the, with the nineties stuff, even though nineties is my favorite era. Um, so I was digging into a lot of nineties era hardcore and really discovering, Oh, bands are really like, what, what's interesting about hardcore. If you haven't heard it, it's just very aggressive music. People are screaming these words in your fucking face. And so to hear bands screaming at veganism and animal rights, it's like, yo, you're really passionate about this. Like what? You're huh. like, so that's when I first started digging into it. Um, so it must've been like 2008 or 2009. One of, one of my favorite bands is called 108. Um, they were um, a bunch of hardcore, hardcore guys from like the New York area or, you know, they, they were from all over the place, but they, um, they were basically Hare Krishna's. So what happened was in the early in the eighties, uh, a lot of punks were congregating at Tompkins Square Park because that's where they were go. You know, that's where they, were, they would go. They had nowhere else to go. They're very lost and looking for shit to do. Um, and at the same time, a lot of Krishna devotees were there, you know, chanting and handing out copies of the Bhagavad Gita and just you know giving out food. So it was a really interesting moment in time back, you know, eighties Tompkins Square Park, New York City, where hardcore punks were engaging with Krishna devotees and learning about veganism through that gateway. 
So what happened was you had you had an emergence of bands that were starting to sing about more spiritual things. They were definitely tapping into teachings from the Bhagavad Gita and talking about veganism because part of you know part of the Bhagavad Gita is you know the, the, the reincarnation circle of life and you know you know eating eating meat is eating a soul that could be a human you know it, there's a sort of element to it. So what happened was you had this rise of uh, Krishna-inspired bands. And so I, I really fell in love with this band called 108. Um, again, they were around in the early to mid-90s, but I really dug into them in the mid-2000s, 2004 to 2009. And there was a moment I was, I was constantly... They have the song called Killer of the Soul. And there's a verse in there where it's about like... Um, it's called, the, the line is like satanic rituals set the corpse upon the table um, and about like um, every every like piece of meat every inch of meat that you eat is another birth you'll spend in hell and I, I remember just like singing those words at a show or I was like in my room like singing along to the song and I, I just had this moment of like this song is really connecting with me to the point where I'm like punching things and like screaming these words really like toxically, like very aggressively, but I don't practice these words at all. So I had this just realization, like why is this resonating with me if I'm, if I'm not, if it's not actually something that I, that I practice. And so I had this moment of reflection where I was wrestling with, you know, clearly I believe something here, but I, it's not to the point where I'm actually practicing it. So that was the moment where I had to stop and really evaluate what I was doing with what, how I was eating and what I was putting in my, in my body. So I went vegetarian in 2009. Um, again, mostly for a couple reasons. It was one for ethical reasons, uh, spiritual reasons, if you want to call it that. Um, and also just, uh, environmental reasons as well. Um, so that's when I went vegetarian and I slowly started, um, you know, took myself off of, you know, beef and chicken and dairy. And honestly, one of the last things to go were peanut butter cups. So I was sort of holding out for vegan peanut butter cup. <laughs> uh, and I remember one summer I was, uh, I was at a barbecue and I had brought my own vegan burger, vegetarian, you know, vegetarian friendly burgers and they were cooking them separately. And someone handed me one and they're like, Oh, here's your burger. Like enjoy it. Or, or, or I had picked one up from the tray. I can't remember how it happened, but I started eating it and, you know, a couple of minutes went by and someone was like, Hey, you know, you're eating one of the, the, the Turkey burgers. Right. And I was like, fuck, like uh. I had grabbed the wrong one or someone handed me the wrong one. And so that was the moment where I was like, you know what? I need to be strict about what I'm doing. Otherwise I'm going to keep making these mistakes. So it was probably 4th of July, 2010 or 11, where I made the decision or, you know, I'm going to go vegan today and that's it. So that was the moment where I went vegan. Um, and luckily at that point, I, there were uh, many options for vegan peanut butter cups and I was smooth. <laughs> so the only, the only barrier. Was- yeah, yeah. So I've been vegan since then. I've had a couple slip ups here and there. Cause I think like I'll go to a, I think my mom made something once for dinner and they had like dairy and it's it. I will every now and then make a mistake. It's, it's an unconscious mistake, but for, uh, basically since then I've, I've been vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Those mistakes still happen to me too. Like, and you just have to like, okay, that happened. I ate, uh, the, this, uh, oh yeah, he's not a patron. I can say it. <laughs> this guy that I'm dating, uh, there are these little secrets. They're like vegan M&Ms. Um, he bought some for me 
recently and I was just chowing down on them. And for whatever reason, I was like, why don't I, I should check the ingredients. I didn't even look at the ingredients and they're not vegan. Like uh, some of their, some of their products aren't vegan. I thought they all were, but it was one of those moments of like, Oh my God, I just like, you know, did a terrible thing and it's not that terrible. Just yeah. <laughs> be careful. I love that, that background of, um, the Topkin Square Park stuff. I never really realized that, um, that that's how that came through. And that, I think that's what's really cool about what, what you do, I mean, you weren't there documenting that stuff in the 80s, but you know that history, and, and I'm sure it's infused in some way into a lot of the work that you're doing moving forward and that sense of community that comes from from the hardcore scene. I yeah. think, uh, uh, what I, I can't think of his name. Meet us for pussies. John. Oh, John Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, that explains why he's, uh, he has that whole Krishna mentality. I'm sure that must be where he picked it up in the Yeah, in the so 80s, if, you, yeah? if you dig into his background, he talks about being like, there's one interview. He was like, oh, I remember. He's like, I remember heckling and throwing shit at those devotees, and like a year later, I was chanting with them. So, I think he <laughs> he he had that sort of awakening just through being in that space and really starting to wrestle with what um, those devotees were 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 saying to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the whole story is fascinating, and again, like that just inspired an entire movement. Not so not not every vegan hardcore band. Just to just to clear the air, not every vegan hardcore band is a Krishna band, but. Um, pretty much every, well, yeah, necessarily every, every Krishna band is, is vegan. So, oh yeah, that makes sense. Crazy. What are, um, what, who are your favorite bands? Now I really want, like, I, I'm going to continue my, my, uh, quest to fall in love with hardcore music in terms terms of veganism or just in general. Yeah. Let's talk veganism. Like, okay. So, um, so 108, like they, they have a couple, they only have a couple songs that are vegan. Like there are some bands that. You know, they have one song about veganism because some of the members are, but there are bands that <laughs> devote their entire catalog to veganism. Um, so some of my favorite bands are, are in that realm are like 108. Um, Earth Crisis was a big band in the in the 90s that was probably res- the number one uh, band responsible for turning kids vegan was Earth Crisis. Yeah, I've heard so, about them a lot just from, yeah, from like my hardcore vegan friends. Yeah, uh, some current bands... Um, like Eco Strike is a current band, young kids from um, Florida. Um, they sing about just you know veganism, animal rights, things like that. Safe and Sound from uh, I think Seattle is another band. Um, trying to think, it's always funny when I'm, when I'm put when I'm put on the spot. It's hard. It's hard to come up with the the bands that are vegan. That uh, gives me a lot to go on though. Okay, cool. Have you have you filmed some of these guys? Yeah, so I, I all of these bands I've, I've filmed before. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, great. That'll give me like a starting point for your, you know, part of I think my thing with hardcore, like with any sort of genre of music that's so huge, or genre of anything really, is that sense of like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sort through all this material. So it's really good to have this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Amazing. Well, I think that's everything we should cover here, unless there's anything you want to throw out for this bonus podcast. I think I'm good. Yeah, I feel good too. Thanks for taking the time to do both these podcasts and for all the stuff that you do. I, I really love the, the, oh my God, I can't stop coughing. <laughs> I really love that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael.